Welcome to another broadcast of Hope for the Heart. My name is William Rogers, and I'll be bringing another message today out of the book of Revelation. And once again, we are in Revelation chapter 21. That's our context today, in Revelation 21. And I'm going to do a bit, a bit of a summary over most of 21, and then go into verses 22 uh, through verse 5 of chapter 22, if I can. I know that's a lot, it's a, it's a lot to bite off, but I'm going to try to cover as much as I possibly can. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I encourage you to follow along with me as I read Revelation chapter 21, and I will begin actually in verse 22. Uh, for the reading of God's Word, uh, this is uh, the way God's Word reads beginning in, like I said, Revelation 21, beginning in verse two, uh, 22, the Word of God says, And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nations shall walk by its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. And in the daytime, parentheses, for there shall be no night there, out of parentheses, its gates shall never be closed. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Uh, and I think I'll just stop right there. So, Revelation chapter 21. We see, at the beginning of chapter 21, uh, beginning in verse 1, we see a something descending out of heaven. In fact, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And this is what John sees in this vision there as, the, uh, as he's taken on tour here in just a few minutes by another angel. But he sees the new heaven and the new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. That's where we would see it today. In other words, we would look and think about today, this earth will pass away. The heaven where uh, our loved ones are will pass away and be recreated to be this new heaven and new earth in Revelation chapter 21, beginning in verse 1. So John sees this. The city then descends into the eternal state, and it becomes, as it descends, the very focal point of our attention for the rest of this section. It runs down from chapter 21, verse 1, all the way through chapter 22, verse 5. And so it begins to take center stage. And boy, it takes a full stage and a full description to describe it. Uh, now keep in mind that when we're talking about a new heaven and new earth, uh, there actually will be a new earth and a new heaven, uh, not like we know it now. In fact, we don't know really the, the, what heaven is now, but whatever it is now will be different. Uh, at least that's the way it reads in the text. So it will be an infinite heaven. It will be vast. It will be huge. We've been looking at that. And again, as I go through this little bit of a summary here, uh, you'll know that uh, we've already covered all the way down through verse 21. We did that last time. So if you want to refer back to the notes, I encourage you to do so. But right now I want to, uh, just by way of general, general uh, observation, give you some things about heaven. I've entitled this message today, Heaven, My Home Forever. And I, I, I can't help but give it that title because right now, heaven is where my wife lives, and uh, I just it just still just boggles my mind to think that just a few months she ago she was with me, and now she is in heaven, and I'm I'm, I'm referring to the very place 
where she will be soon as far as the new heaven and the new earth. So, I don't know why I said all that, but uh, anyway, this city is becoming a focal point, and this city is beginning to be described here in verse 2. It's called the Holy City, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. And I know many of you have asked, does it come all the way to earth? And uh, we don't know whether it does or not. It doesn't say it does. That's all I know is that it comes down. It may hover just above the earth. Uh, We just, we don't know. Uh, I know that there's books on heaven out there, and a lot of them say it because I've got them all. I've referenced them. Many of them say it does come and rest upon the earth, but I think that is supposition. Uh, We do not know that. So when we talk about New Jerusalem or the Holy, Holy City, we're not just talking about all that heaven is. We're talking about the capital city within the infinity of the new heaven and the new earth. So this is, there's a part of heaven, which is what we're seeing now in 21 and part of 22, that becomes the real focus. Like I said, it becomes the focal point of our attention that we started uh, last week and beginning by looking at verse 9, in which he really begins to describe it. Remember verse 10, it says, He carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down from heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her brilliance was like a very costly stone. I know we've already covered that. I'm not trying to be repetitive. But as I look at this, and I I thought about this, and I wrote this down, because uh, it it is so important to see it, I think, in in one clear, uh, concise, uh, generalized, description of heaven. And so I want to do that right now. I want to go through this in a way that I wrote it out uh, without all of the scriptural things attached, without each verse being labeled. And I just wrote out all that is going to be in heaven. So I, I want you to think about this. You don't have, you can't follow along unless you just follow along in the scriptures and you just kind of pick out things that I see them. But nothing have I added here that's not in the text. But yet, everything that's in the text is definitely here. I hope that makes sense. So, as I go through this, I want you to think about a loved one that you might have. Maybe a a wife, like where mine is, or a mother, or a father, or a brother, or a sister. Think about this as uh, what they are experiencing. Because we know, even though there will be a new heaven, all of these kinds of things are right there with them in the old heaven. We assume that to be the case. So, think about heaven, my home forever. And if you're a believer, this is your home forever too. So, uh, heaven, my home forever. The tabernacle of God, I'm just going to read through all of the, this is all a general description of everything that I've read so far in chapter 21. The tabernacle of God will be with us. God himself will dwell with us. Uh, He will wipe away all tears. There will be no death, no mourning, no crying or pain. No more times of thirsty, the scripture says. We will live in the capital city, New Jerusalem, a bright city like a crystal clear diamond. It It will radiate God's glory. A city with walls, gates on the walls, and on each gate an angel, each gate with the name of the twelve tribes of Israel, three gates on each side, or or three gates on each wall around the city, three gates on the north, three gates on the east, three gates on the west, three gates on the south. 
Each will have three foundation stones. In other words, each gate will have a foundation stone. Each stone has a name of one of the New Testament apostles. The city is laid out like a square. And the height and the, the, the length of the city is given as 1,500 miles. So it will be 1,500 miles wide as well as it is 1,500 miles high. It will be 1,500 miles around in a square. Walls on this city were, will be 216 feet thick. Uh, it says that they are 72 yards thick. The colors around this, I'm not going to name each of the stones, but each of the colors represented will be these, all translucent, all mixed together, and all in brilliant, blazing glory. Each one will be listed and represented. Now, these are the 12 colors that he gives us. Radiating white, pure white light. There will be a blue. There will be a sky blue. There, with stripes of, uh, of color going through the blue. There will be a bright green, red and white. There will be gold and yellow, another with red. There will be a sea green. There will be a yellow green. There will be shades of green. There will be violet and there will be purple. All of these are actually listed as translucent, all to reflect the very glory of God. Each gate will be made of a single pearl. Now remember now, the gates represent the height of the city of 1,500 miles high. So each gate or each pearl is 1,500 miles high, like translucent glass to reflect the glory of God. The city is so bright we will not need a sun or a moon. No temple in the city. God is the temple. His glory lights it. Its lamp is Christ the Lamb. The gates of the city will never close. Nothing unclean will ever enter heaven. The city will have a river, and that goes into chapter 22. And so I will, well, I'll go ahead and say what, what very general here. The city will have a river. It is the water of life. It's not like our regular H2O here. Clear, flowing from the very throne of God and of the Lamb. And on each side of the river is the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit. And I'll explain that in just a minute. There will be no curse, totally removed. All bond servants will serve God. We shall see his face, his name on our foreheads, no more night ever. We will reign with God forever. Yes, heaven is my home forever. And that's all that is in Revelation chapter 21. And that is a good picture of all that is here. And so I want to pick this up with Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. I saw no temple in it. And I want to say a few words about this um, because it is such an important section. When we think about heaven, when we think about going to heaven, we can't help but think, well, now I've heard preachers say many times, and I probably have said it many times, that uh, here we're getting ready for heaven. We're fellowshipping with one another. We're worshiping God, and we go to church to do that. Uh, well, this has a little different uh, take on that as far as uh, the, the city then is laid out and it's being described to us. Verse 15 uh, that, we, that we saw was, was a measuring, and we've seen the measurement of this. But in the in the the look of it is it's just an amazing thing to look at. But when you get into verse twenty two, we see that there is no temple in it. I saw no temple in it up to this point. 
we would have to acknowledge that there has been a temple. I think right now in heaven there is a temple because we've seen that listed in chapter 8 of Revelation, verse 3. An angel is mentioned as standing at the temple, and then in chapter 11 of Revelation, uh, there is one there, and the temple of God, which is in heaven, was opened, and the Ark of the Covenant appeared in his temple. So at that time, John sees in the vision, chapter 11, he is literally taken by a vision into heaven, and a temple opens up, and he can see into the temple. But in the new heaven and the new earth, which begins Revelation chapter 21, we will not see a temple. And I think you, you would have to ask, well, there's no temple there. Well, well, why is that? Well, there's no need for a temple. And it basically, it begins to hint at this in verse 3 of chapter 21. If you can look over there at that, if you have your Bible open, you can just kind of glance over to chapter 21, verse 3. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. He shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them. There's no need because the abode of God is there, his very presence, because God will literally occupy by blazing glory the whole of the new heaven and the new earth. In other words, all of it will contain God, and we're going to be there in it. There's no need for a temple. There's no need for a cathedral. There's no need for a church. There's no need for a place of worship. There's no need for a day of worship. There's no need for anyone to go anywhere to worship God. There won't be any place where they'll be having services during the day. There won't be any facility there. Isn't it amazing? So different than what we have here. There won't be a place you've got to get dressed and go over to because God is right there among us, living among us. Verse 22, it says, look at this in verse 22. I saw no temple in it. Here's the reason. For the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. Do you know what that says? That says literally that this city dwells within the temple, which is the very presence of God and Christ. In other words, the presence of God literally fills the whole part of the, all of the whole new heaven and the new earth. Right now, as you know, God certainly is omnipresent, but you also know that Satan is the prince of the power of the air, and the demons have access only to earth, but to heaven as well. But that the universe itself has been polluted, and there's a unique place which is identified as a temple of God. But that all changes. But in the new heaven and the new earth, when the glory of God fills the earth and the glory of God fills the new universe with all the infinity, uh, that there will be no need for a temple because God himself will be the very temple. See, we, we can't imagine such a thing as that. We just can't imagine it. So we, we look at this and uh, we begin to see that, boy, heaven is really going to be a different kind of place. There won't be any need. Think about this. There won't be any need to go to church. And not that we're going to be getting out of something, but we don't need to because there won't be any need for buildings. Worship will be our life, I think is what this is saying. I think worship will be our life. That's all we'll, we'll do. We'll worship, we'll worship, and then we'll probably worship. That's all we'll do is worship. Never a moment when we're not in some form of probably worship. But yet I can also say, never a dull moment. 
There's never going to be a moment where we're in need of something or wanting something. Oh, it's going to all be there. Never a moment when we're not in perfect, holy communion with the perfect, holy, almighty God and the Lamb. Never a moment when we are not engaged in worship and service to Him. We will be, as John chapter 4 brings out, we will be the true worshipers that the Father has always sought. Right there, putting His abode with us in the holy city, our worship will be pure and true and perfect. We will be worshiping in perfect spirit and in perfect truth in His eternal presence. Now, I know we can't hardly relate to that, can we? I mean, we don't really know how that would be. But that's exactly what I think that's giving us. Now look at verse 23. It goes back to that glory again. It says in verse 23, And the city has no need of the sun nor moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God has uh, illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. You think, wow, this is such an amazing thing to be able to think about my home forever is being described here. Uh, it, it's just an amazing thing <coughs> to think about that. It, verse 23 goes back to that glory that he has begun in verse <coughs> <coughs> verses 9 through 11. Excuse me. He says, and the city has no need of this. Now, that'll tell you a little bit about the new earth because whatever this is being described here, which is a new heaven and a new earth, it won't be an earth like we know it now. It will be a new kind of an earth because, think about it, the earth as we know it now depends upon the sun and the moon. It depends upon time for the sun to shine and time for darkness to run its normal cycle. There's a purpose in the moon, everything from tides and waves and, 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 and temperatures and weather. I mean, there's so much that we're dependent on. But there, there will be no sun, no moon. They're not necessary for light because the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And again, it's God and the Lamb. You see, pretty much throughout all the visions of the book of Revelation, you see the Father's throne, but the Lamb is sitting on the throne, and you see them share the responsibility. The tabernacle of God is with us. But so is the tabernacle of Jesus Christ. He dwells with them and with us. So I know that's a hard thing for us to see, and I don't know that we'll ever truly understand it, but then I want you to look at verse 24. He says, And the nations shall walk by its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory unto it. And I've, oh, the, the, the commentaries go wild on this one. <clears throat> the nations shall walk by its light, and uh, most people want to take this back and say it's looking back at the, uh, at the uh, millennial kingdom. And some say it's looking back at the earth but during tribulation. I don't know where they get that. But it's easy to explain this. And if you'll look at it with me, I'll explain this as, as best I can. You see it says, And the nations shall walk by its light. The light meaning the glory of God. No need of the sun or the moon. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. Well, it, it might help if, if we understand what the nations is talking about here. The nations is being described here as 
shall walk by its light. Well, what is nations? If we understood a better definition of nations, and sure enough, there is one. Nations is the Greek word ethne, and it means people. It can be translated nations, but most often uh, in the New Testament, it's translated Gentiles. It's the same word, it's translated peoples or all ethnicities. It really means, in the broadest sense, all the people from every tongue, tribe, nation in the world will be walking in its light. In fact, he is really saying here that this is not going to be limited to one group. This is going to be uh, spread out all over the earth. There will be no more divisions as we know them. All the nations shall be walking together in the very light of God. Now, what it really is saying is that there will be no more (coughs) divisions. (coughs) Excuse me. It will be the capital city for everyone. And I think everything leans toward this as far as a very open, translucent, clear, transparent city. It's not the idea that heaven is going to be organized by political sections or by ethnic groups will be in one part and others will be in another. No, they'll be moving in and out about the city, no race, no culture, no one will be left out. And then it's, excuse me, and then it says, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. Uh, You think, well, are the kings of the earth who come to that place? And that would be mighty men or noble men, leaders. And I don't know how the world's going to be set up as far as rulers or, or leaders or that. It just doesn't seem to say. But I think it does, it's indicating to us there will be no one with any glory to them. Everybody will be at the same level. All human glory dissolves, so to speak. All are yielded to the very glory of God. Its center point will be God and the Lamb, not man and his power and his authority. All races, as one writer puts it like this, all races dissolve into the people of God. The character of that city is universal in the very fact that everybody there belongs there and there is no social strata. The kings give up their glory. There won't be anybody like that. Man, it's all been yielded. And there's another <clears throat> uh, interesting thing that, that these writers are writing about is, is in the commentaries is this has to refer back to the millennium. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, well, no, it doesn't. This doesn't have to refer back to them at all. And I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of things that, that we see in heaven that are going to be so different than the way we were raised. For example, let me give you one. It just happened to, to pop into my mind. John chapter 14. We've mentioned that. This is the, the place being prepared by Jesus. And he said, in my Father's house are many what? In my Father's house are many what? It depends on what your translation says. Now, my translation, I'm going to turn over to it right now, John chapter 14. It says, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. But the King James Version says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Well, I think you're going to be disappointed. John sees no mansions here. No mansions, at least like the way we would visualize a mansion. I used to joke about this with people and say, when I see a mansion, I think about work. I think about who's going to paint that thing. Who's going to take care of it? Who's going to clean it? Uh, so it wasn't a good connotation for me. 
but mansions is I probably believe one of the biggest mistranslations ever. It's rooms or dwelling places. My father's house has many rooms, or in my father's house are many dwelling places. And so it makes a lot more sense uh, to see that heaven is talking about that. In other words, there's room for everyone. I I love to read some of these people who try to calculate how many people are going to be in heaven compared to the square footage of of this 1,500-mile square city coming down. Well, they tend to forget also that the gates are open. We're going to be traveling in and out, and the whole earth is right there. Uh, Whether we have access to the earth, it seems to be implied that we probably will. But we can't calculate how many. We can't calculate how many people are saved in any one given church. We can't even know for sure if everybody in our family is a Christian. Surely we can't calculate that. So I, I didn't even get into that kind of stuff as people try to calculate that. But I think the point here that he's given us is there's never any need, need any night. So you won't never need to close the gates. And I live in a gated community. Well, guess what? At night, those gates are closed. You have to have a pass or a fob or something to get into that gate. It's a place of rest, safety, and security and refreshment. The city gates will always shut at night in a place like mine, right here. But there, there will never be a night. So the gates will always be open. <clears throat> now, what does that mean? Well, it means there will never need to be a reason to close the gate. Who would you be closing it for? Who would close the gate for anyone? There wouldn't be any need for that. And so there will be a place of eternal rest. Heaven is our home forever. And what a description it is given to us here Verse 26, the kings will all give up their glory, but everyone will. Uh, Verse 26 says, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. That is to say, all people, no matter who they are or what country or nation they've come from, will bring their glory, all that is good about them. And I think this is one of the things that tells us about the whole matter of rewards, means when we receive our eternal glory, any reward we have will be laid back at the glory of Christ or at the Lamb. We won't be walking around with big crowns on our head or showing off because that's exactly what people would do. You give me two crowns and you've only got one, I'm going to walk up and show, hey, I got two and mine are prettier than yours and mine are bigger than yours. So all the redeemed who enter into the eternal city and receive their eternal reward will give it back to God. God will be all in all and the eternal worship of God and eternal worship of Jesus will be everything. That's everything. Well, I'm going to stop right here because really we're going to have to get into 22 next time. Uh, verse 29, also uh, 26 also just says that there nothing ever will, will come into the city. All those the people that are described there have all been dealt with. No one will ever have these coming into the city. There will be never any need for the security or protection of this kind of stuff. So next time we'll look at Beginning in verse 20, uh, chapter 22, we'll look at the next five verses which deal with the city itself and then go into the final part of Revelation. So, again, this has been William Rogers talking about heaven, my home forever, and it will be your home forever. So, thank you so much for joining me today.